But in the US, we definitely have this go, go, go mentality. And I think a lot of people, when they travel to Europe, they travel to France, they feel that definite shift in energy. Even just as a tourist, you feel like it's not just that you're on vacation, you can feel the energy around you, the people around you just has a much calmer, slower, more relaxed energy. listening to the podcast the life of a bon vivant manifesting your paris dreams and more i'm your host bita hashampur this podcast is designed to inspire elevate and help you step into the abundant life you deserve whether that's in paris or anywhere else in the world Welcome to another episode of the Life of a Bon Vivant podcast. So we are on episode two, the second week of my podcast uh, being launched. And I'm so grateful for all of your guys' support and feedback on the first episode. I really appreciate everyone listening in and sharing their thoughts. Um, We are starting off this second episode uh, with a little bit, I think, of the why that compels many of us to um, not just, you know, love French culture, French food, but really even have the dream of moving to France. And I think that it's a really um, compelling why? Especially if you're someone who's coming from the United States. And it's funny because me and my girlfriends, I feel like we always have this conversation whenever we get together. We actually just got together this morning for a brunch at my place. And we were talking about why we love France um, and in general Europe so much. And I think it goes, you know, to really just deeper meaning um, of how we want to live our life and what our dream lifestyle looks like. And I think Europe and particularly France really align with that dream life. So for me personally, one of my big reasons why I love France and really always consider it as a place to not just visit, but live in is that I think the art of living is truly a mastered skill there. It's something that the French grow up learning how to do. And it's something that actually, I think in the United States, we often don't encourage at all. Not only do we not encourage it, but we also push for the opposite of it. And what I mean by that is in the United States, we have this hustle culture, we have this you know, mentality of you got to work hard, work, you know, while you're young. And then one day when you're retired, one day when you reach 65, then you can retire and you can sit back and enjoy life. And the unfortunate part of that is that, you know, life 
happens when you're busy working all those years, life passes you by. And when you, if you're lucky to reach the age of 65, um, you know, it's often not even as idyllic and wonderful as they make it out to be because life can still be very expensive and difficult at that time. And in the US, we don't necessarily have the best system or benefits in place to support us in our older age. So I think that it's really sad that we push this because you really are, in a sense, losing some of your best years working, 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 and not really enjoying life um, until, you know, you reach 65. And the other problem with that whole scenario is that, you know, in, let's say you're someone like, you know, my father who passed when he was 66. He was someone who worked really hard his whole life. Uh, he, he did have a good life because I think he did have a great family. He really loved his wife, his kids, but he was someone who followed, you know, the, the format outlined for him and worked really hard, uh, was successful. But then when it came time to the period in his life where he was going to sit back and finally enjoy the fruits of his labor, uh, you know, unfortunately, God had different plans for him and he passed very suddenly. And I think that sometimes as human beings, we think that we have everything in control and we just assume that we're going to have this whole long life ahead of us. And you think, okay, well, I'm going to work and do this job that I don't love and these hard hours and work my tail off because one day I'm going to get to enjoy it. And that's just a promise that none of us really have. It's a guarantee none of us can make. And so that's why I think it's really important to be enjoying life in the now and in the present and making sure that we're taking steps to live a life that's aligned with our deepest desires and interests. And if it's not, what can we do to make the changes, take the steps we can to do that? And I think while the French aren't necessarily all in jobs that they love, or feel 100% passionate in or about, they do know how to balance that part of their life with the fulfillment part. They make sure that work never takes over their life to the point where they're not having some kind of satisfaction or pleasure each day. And that could just be in the idea of you know, taking a long lunch break. That's something that's very normal in France. And in the US, it's very normal for many people to be eating their lunch at their computer desk and working through lunch. I know that was me when I lived in New York, especially I literally never went out to eat <laughs> unless it was like a once in a blue moon work lunch thing. Uh, I worked through lunch, often scarfing down my food at my desk. And uh, I ended up often feeling very burnt out and frustrated and tired with my work too. But in France, it's very, very normal to take those lunch breaks, to take those paid vacation time. Um, that's something that we were just discussing this morning with my girlfriends. One of my friends was telling me that her boss was really upset with her for booking off time off the calendar um, months in it, months ahead, mind you, for her honeymoon. And 
I was thinking that's ridiculous. Like it's your honeymoon and this is way in advance. It's not like she waited last minute and, you know, it's booking off next week or something, but he was very upset that she did that. And I was thinking, this is such an American thing that your boss would make you feel bad for taking time off. Even if it's not your honeymoon, even if you just need to take one of your paid time, you know, paid days off and you need to take it for whatever reason, we have to feel bad about it. I remember when I worked in corporate, I used to go ask my boss for my my time off, whether I was going on a trip or um, just like a little getaway. If I wanted to take time off, I would go submit the paper to my boss for approval uh, with like a little bit of hesitation, like, oh, is it okay? I promise I'll be, it's, you know, it's only three days, I'll be back soon. And And it's like, you feel bad about taking something that should be really normal and and uh, much needed and much deserved. Uh, So this is a very, I think, American thing. And it's something that just doesn't happen in France. It's also very normal in France to, like, if you need to take time, not even a whole day off, but just step away from your job and go to a doctor's appointment or something. It's very normal to be able to do that. And in America, it's it's not, again, you would be made to feel really, really bad. And you're expected to make those doctor's appointments, dentist appointments, all of that, you know, on a day that you like either are off or have taken a full day off and plan to do all your appointments on that day. It's just a completely different mentality about, again, taking care of ourselves physically, mentally, emotionally, you know, in the United States versus France. Uh, And I compare the United States to France because I feel like I can speak confidently and with authority about my experience both in the U.S. and in France, whereas I don't really want to comment on what the culture is like in Canada or Australia, for example, because I haven't had firsthand experience there. But in the U.S., we definitely have this go, go, go mentality. And I think a lot of people, when they travel to Europe, they travel to France, they feel that definite shift in energy. Even just as a tourist, you feel like it's not just that you're on vacation. You can feel the energy around you, the people around you just has a much calmer, slower, more relaxed energy. and. That is in large contrast to the energy that you'll often feel in the US. Even in California, where we're a lot more relaxed than I would say, like New York, um, we, we still have this energy of go, go, go. It's weird to sit at a cafe in California for like three hours for lunch you kind of are under the expectation that you're going to sit down, eat your food. Maybe you're chatting with a friend or coworker, but as soon as, you know, you're kind of done with the meal, you ask for the bill and you pick up and go. And in France, it's totally normal to be sitting in a cafe for three hours in the middle of the day, just talking and maybe you're eating, but you're also reading your book and um, just sitting there you know, enjoying this moment of quiet and pause in your day. And so 
I think for a lot of us who dream of France and living in France, a lot of that is tied into that because once you get a taste of the other side, once you get a taste of what it means to actually enjoy your life, take pleasure in the simple things, you know, and, and put a focus on being intentional and slow and filled. It's hard to go back to your old life where you're go, go, go and think that that's the only way it can be. Cause now you've seen the other side. Now you've seen that there is this other way of living and that is incredibly appealing. And you see it all the time. You know, I was just watching an episode of House Centers International the other night. And it was a couple that was moving to Germany and they were moving from New York and they were a young couple. And their motivation basically for moving to Germany was to just have a little bit of a slower life. They weren't looking to move into the countryside for like complete retirement. They were still working. Uh, the husband had basically had a job transfer to Germany, the opportunity, and he took it. Um, but when they were discussing their motivation, they were saying that, yeah, we we just want to be able to slow down a bit. Like we've been in New York for a little while and it's a lot and we just want to slow down and enjoy ourselves, have a little more time off to travel. And they did exactly that. And their story is not that rare or uncommon. It's happening, I think, more and more, especially now as remote capabilities have become, you know, an actual reality for a lot of people in their jobs. More people are looking at how can we change things up so that we are either living in Europe or living more of that European lifestyle. So I think for a lot of people, myself included, that's some of the big appeal of France. The other thing that I think is very compelling, especially when you are someone who is in a in an expensive area such as Southern California, like I am, is the cost of living. The cost of living, it's always funny to me to say that it costs more for me to live in Southern California than it costs to live in Paris. Uh, and it's it's nuts to me in my mind because I just think Paris, you know, it's the most beautiful city and it's one of the most expensive cities in France. And yet it was so much easier, so much more affordable to live there than it is to live in Southern California. And a lot of that goes back to the sort of benefits that are baked into the French system, but also just the actual cost of services. Um, one of the big things I always compare is healthcare and uh, vet care, actually. My dog is a big part of my life, so I'm always thinking about his costs too. But I remember when I was living in Paris, I didn't have French healthcare. I had like an international healthcare plan that I had to buy before I got my visa. And it's the kind of system where you, um, if anything pops up and you have to pay for it, you pay out of pocket and then you request the reimbursement from the health insurance company. So I had to pay everything out of pocket up front that I you know, experienced while living in Paris. And funny enough, while I'm usually someone that 
hardly ever goes to the doctor, knock on wood. I've been pretty healthy and lucky in that way. I went through my first bout of kidney stones while I was living in Paris. And I didn't know it was kidney stones at first, but uh, after a few doctor's visits, a couple ultrasounds, blood tests, all that, we basically figured out what was going on. And all of these services and visits that I did cost me out of pocket a total of 500 euros for everything. Like I'm talking three doctor's visits, uh, um, two blood tests, and two ultrasounds. And the ultrasounds are not done by just uh, lab techs or assistants. They're done by the radiologist himself. And it cost me 500 euros. In the U.S., I remember shortly after that whole experience, I came to the U.S. for a visit home. And I saw my physician here. And um, I still had U.S. insurance, too. And I did blood work. And then she told me to do like a follow-up ultrasound just to make sure everything was clear and good. And I called and they quoted me almost $500 just for the ultrasound with my PPO amazing health insurance plan that I had in the U.S. And I thought that is crazy. I literally told them like, you know what? It's okay. I'll, I'll just wait till I get back to France and I'll do one there <laughs> because it costs like 140 euros out of pocket for an ultrasound. Mind you in the seventh R&D Smont, like the most expensive R&D Smont in the city. So I was happy to pay that versus the $500 on top of mind you, the monthly U.S. premium I was paying for my health insurance. This is just like a very small example of the differences in, you know, healthcare costs. Uh, But I also want to make note too that I received excellent care while I was in France. Everything was really speedy. All the doctors I saw were awesome, very kind, great bedside manner, professional, and, you know, diligent. And I think it's important to note that because often in the U.S., when people talk about European healthcare, particularly French healthcare, they often bash it because, like, oh, well, it may be cheap or maybe free, but it's really crappy. You can never see a doctor, and and so on. And that just wasn't my experience at all. If anything, uh, the day I remember, I went to the urgent care. Uh, the prescription he gave me for the blood test, for the ultrasound. I went home later that afternoon and booked them for the next morning. So I was able to get in that quickly. So all this to say that there's definitely a major appeal in the lower healthcare costs. And same thing with vet care. In France, I didn't have pet insurance. And I never ever worried about my dog and what the vet costs, the vet bills were going to be. And he had numerous instances where he was sick, he messed up his knee. um, He had at one point a dental infection. So I took him in for that. And then I followed up with a dental cleaning and he got a tooth extracted. He's 10. So he's at that age where all the problems start, you know, popping up. 
And the most I ever spent in a visit at the vet was 200 euros. And it was for the dental cleaning where he got anesthesia, he got antibiotics, he had a tooth extracted, and obviously his teeth cleaned. So all of that was 200 euros. Otherwise, every other experience, he he never, I mean, his costs were just completely manageable. And the the prescriptions and medicine were just crazy cheap, like 10 euros, you know, for antibiotics. Um, he got a shot once, I think it was like a steroid shot for um, his knee. And that was like 20 euros, I think, not even, but I just never worried about it because I knew it was something I could handle. Whereas in the US, he has pet insurance and I still every time I'm like, okay, like you're kind of acting like you're sick, but do I really need to take you in? I don't know. Like, is this necessary? Because I just know that as soon as we go in, we're going to rack up some crazy bill. So, um, so there's a big difference even in that. And I think these little, they're big things, but even just assuming you're healthy, your pet's healthy, just those little things that you think about in the U.S., you don't have to think about in France. And that peace of mind is worth gold. It's truly something that all of us, I think, all want is to have the ability to know that God forbid, should the worst happen, we're going to be okay. We've, we're supported. We, you know, they've got our backs. And I always tell people healthcare, it's something I think a lot of people who kind of bash on European healthcare, it's because they don't really think about those worst case scenarios. But if you've ever had someone in your life who's gone through something crazy like cancer or some kind of chronic illness where you've had to battle insurance companies for the coverage, those are the moments where you would really appreciate and cherish the French healthcare system. I mean, there are exact scenarios, real life examples where someone's had cancer in France and has had cancer in the US. They paid absolutely nothing in France and paid hundreds of thousands of dollars in the US for treatment. So if you're someone that's, whether you're young or you're nearing retirement, I think these are definitely aspects that you're thinking about and can make Europe in France, very appealing to you. So for me, I'm always thinking about those things too. I like to think very abundantly and I like to you know, stay away from the scarcity mindset. But even if you're making a lot of money and maybe the cost of some crazy surgery for your dog in the US doesn't scare you, you can't deny that there is this peace and sense of calm in France compared to the US. And that comes with just knowing that you're not dealing with really crazy scenarios like that. So something that we discussed with my girlfriends is this idea that in the US, there's always this need for bigger, better, more. And you can't help it, especially in certain areas of the country it just, it sucks you in. And, you know, if you have kids, 
they get sucked in, their friends are part of it, they see what their friends have, they want it. And it's really hard to keep that sense of calm and peace because even when you have many, you're you're chasing for more and more and more. And in France, there is this feeling of like, you know, I'm good. I'm good with what I've got. It's not that they don't want more ever. It's human nature to always want more. But the level, the extent of that is much smaller than it is in the U.S. And I think they're just happier with less. And in the U.S., we've learned to only be happy with more. And you can see that in uh, everyday life from the cars people drive to the houses they have. I mean, my favorite thing is to tell people to just visit like a storage unit, a storage facility and just see the stuff people have in their storage units. It's crazy. I always tell my mom, she's always like, oh, you should get one of these storage units and put your extra stuff in there. And I'm like, no, no, no. If it gets to the point where I need a storage unit, like that is my sign that I need to do some spring cleaning and declutter because I do not want to have a storage unit. Like the only time you should have a storage unit is if you did what I did where you are, you know, moving temporarily somewhere else and you need somewhere to just contain your your household belongings that you need. Um, otherwise, it's crazy how much stuff we accumulate and how it's so easy for us to get sucked into this mentality of more and more and more. And in Europe, a lot of it is fueled by the fact that they just don't have the space to accumulate a lot of stuff. But also, I think that they've been raised that way too, to be happier with less. And that is definitely appealing because as you get older, you learn that really life is more about enjoying the experiences, the time, the relationships you have versus the stuff. You can have a lot of stuff, you can have a lot of money, but you can feel very empty inside. So, I don't know. I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts, why you feel drawn to France, what makes it appealing for you, particularly if you have ever fantasized about living there, like what makes it special for you? And if you really are making the plan to move to France, or I would say anywhere really different than where you live now, what was your motivation and your sort of deciding factors? Let me know in in the comments. um, And if you enjoyed this podcast episode, please leave a review. I'd love to hear from you. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.